somewhere in Europe, someplace I obviously have never been. And this is playing from a corner somewhere. It could be actually be a small, uh, a, a medium-sized club, too. It doesn't matter to me. As long as there are places to sit and have cushions and a choice between cold and hot drinks. And perhaps good ventilation so people can smoke. I don't know. Open air would be great too. Amphitheater? An amphitheater would be great. I would I would I would sign up for that. Every once in a while I go back to watching those Andreu Ryu Andrea Ryu. I think that's the guy's name. He does these worldwide tours with his gigantic orchestra and they just go to these open air amphitheater types where it's dinner and drinks and and everybody's just having a nice classy night out dressing nice having their cocktails a random cigar is is uh is sparked and just really i would love to have one of those nights i have to bring aurora to listen to classical orchestra music she has to have that wash over her a, a number of times that's one hell of a baptism right there. That's just, um, that pierces right through you. It envelops every cell, that music. So I'm in a mood tonight, but we've got good friends coming on. Well, one good friend that I can tell you of, and that is Chris Ann Hall. She hasn't been on since uh, March, I think. So we've had a little bit of a lay. Obviously, a lot of things got screwed up in in April for me. I had a lot more flexibility in that month, and um, and a lot of normalcy took a back seat. But here we are in May, halfway through May, taking a look at June creeping over the horizon. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to talk to her about the WHO treaty, the disinformation uh, board that is falling apart. i got to talk about that in just a moment. Very short um, grab bag. I want to thank my my friends of you, my friends of uh, of the show that are out there watching on Theta, on Foxhole, on Twitch, Rumble, YouTube, Rockfin, 
DLive. Please share the show far and wide. Be wonderful to have people on. I have a couple of extra items tonight to do that I'd love to throw out there for now so that you know. We are going to raffle off the set list from the April 27th Set the Charge gig. This was actually pinned, uh, taped. There's a little bit of gaff tape right there. Taped to my drums, to my uh, my kick drum. So it, it was touching my kick drum, oh my God. And then I have a broken stick, one of two from that evening. This is the only one I thought to recover. It is, as I say, it's in perfect form to kill anything, especially the undead. So you can whittle this down into something else that you'd like. And there you go. It has uh, a little bit of me with it. So we're going to be raffling that off tonight. Here's how we're going to do it. From now until the end of the show, everybody that sends a super chat through the tippest stream, there's a reason we're doing this, and it's because it's the easiest way to get everybody's email addresses and reach out to the winner. Everybody that sends uh, a uh, at least one super chat through the tippest stream you are entered into the raffle. That's it. So if you send five super chats tonight, it doesn't. That's not going to. That's not going to make your your uh, chances better. Just letting you know. I mean, you can send five, but that would just be because you had extra things to say in regard to the show. But only one does it. Only one does it. And we'll reach out to you at the end of the show. I'm gonna have to find a way to tally this up real quick. And uh, or maybe I just collect the names and tomorrow we do the the uh, the raffle. That's what I'll do. We collect the names tonight. Tomorrow I will have the names all on pieces of paper and we'll do the raffle then because I don't have a staff here. If I had an intern, I can tell one. I can tell them, hey, write down all these these names as they come in and we'll have the raffle at the end of the night. That's not the case. So I, I'm really excited about getting this out there and, and sending it out because I. I just want reasons to send things out and, and do fun things like this, so that's what we'll do. Another fun thing that I want to throw out there is that I have a special a special um, thread that is has been started that I'll, I'll run through real quick in the second half, and it's a hypothetical, weird, silly little question that was posed to me by Lauren because it was getting around her circle of friends, and it was sparking a lot of debate. And here's the really silly question. I know she'll giggle when she hears this. If the number six and the number three had a baby, what would it be? You have to tell us what the what the, the baby would be and why. There's so many directions you can go in, and I like to. I would like to actually see what people's logical reasoning for this is. Are you adding? Are you subtracting? Are you mixing them together? Are you pasting one to the other? What are you doing? Is it completely non sequitur? It just has to have some kind of a reason why. If the number six and the number three had a baby, what would it be and why? So you can get over to, I'm going to put this in the chat rooms right now, so you can go over there and leave your your comment. There it is in all of those chats. I'll put it into the... The quite frankly discord right now there that is wonderful all right so that'll be up for debate later on i also want to announce that we are very close to ending our uh june badass nominees that's been great but a very very new wonderful tradition is coming back in the form of a popular show thread we had last year and that my friends is Six Degrees of Separation. 
We already have four people, four entries. Oh, actually, one of them is mine because I put the uh, the thread from 2021 in there. Here it is, six degrees of separation. This is not going to count for anything unless the audience gets involved. This is all you. And look, we're not even 100% upvoted, so there's some limp dick out there downvoting uh, a show thread. Good job, limp dick. Six degrees of separation, 2022. Do you have any relatives, friends, or, or, or historical, cultural, of, of historical and cultural importance? Are you related to royalty from anywhere in the world? Musicians, athletes, inventors, politicians, even serial killers. It can be good, it can be bad, anything goes. The honorable mentions is um, if you have any memorable run-ins with any of those same types of people where you weren't actually related to them, but you had run-ins with people like that. I met a serial killer once and lived to tell about it. So this is the 2022 show thread because it was so awesome last year and so popular go and do that and um that'll be a wonderful night already know that because we market tested it okay what do we have here 704 that's it um there was a strange crash well i don't know if you saw this there's strange crash they're saying chinese plane a black box black box data suggests the chinese Eastern Airlines plane crash that killed 132 people may have been intentional. When that happened, everybody was saying we got to look out who was on that plane. And now we see that the black box data is saying that it may have been intentional. So be on the lookout for this. And also be on the lookout for whatever happened to that lead coffin in in France. They're going to open up the lead sarcophagus in France. I've not heard anything since then. Has that, has anything happened? Has anything bad happened in France lately? There's always something bad happening in France. Okay, so watch out for this. The Boeing 737-800 plane, which was en route from Kunming to Guangzhou, was cruising at steady altitude speed before it started a rapid descent. That's right. This was the straight down plane. This was the straight down plane. Um, so let's keep an eye on this one. Black box data suggests that it was intentional. Revealed, though it shouldn't be anybody, uh, any surprise to anyone, disgraced Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors for the disgraced Black Lives Matter scam organization paid baby daddy. Oh man, she got a guy to actually knock her up. Paid a baby daddy $970,000 for creative services. That's the best they can come up with with the accounting. Oh, my gosh. And paid her brother $840,000 for security. Jeez. You th- the, the scrimping and the saving and the scratching and the clawing as so many of us do to make money, I swear to God. And to see to see the... the the, the this these just ridiculous sums of money given to complete low lives complete low lives and, and disposable low lives too because for a time they were untouchable when they were useful when they were useful there was going to be nobody poking around in their books so now the disposable wipes are getting flushed 
And hopefully everybody enjoyed their um, temporary vacations. What else we have? I think that's it. I want to get into this dis disinformation. I'm definitely not going to talk about the Johnny Depp thing. What do you want to talk about that? I, I can't believe it. I, I just can't believe that it's still trending and stuff like that. Um, the, the, the months of wall-to-wall -wall coverage of this puke-worthy Johnny Depp trial. I don't know why it keeps going on, but that might just be rhetorical. Meanwhile, the Ghislaine Maxwell situation was rushed out the back door. Like in two weeks, they just rushed her out. She's providing children to the richest, most powerful people in the world. And we only scratched the surface. Now, one client exposed. They thought that would be too um, salacious. They thought it would be too salacious to actually get to the people who were in the market for what she was providing. You know, that was on uh, aside from, from some routine pre-election smearing of Donald Trump. But um, they got her out the back door of the courthouse in New York in two weeks because there was a flu outbreak, of course. They didn't want the jury to get the sniffles for a week and a half. So instead, we have this detestable Hollywood couple just splattered everywhere you click. And if they were smart, they would do some fast reconciling right now and and call up uh, Bravo or A&E or something and get a reality TV show right now. There are millions of idiots who would watch them fist fight and take dumps on the bed every night of the week. So that's what they should really do is... Uh, is patch this up to where they can at least work on a pitch for reality TV. Though this is the reality TV now. All right, that's that. We'll be right back. We have plenty of fun stuff to do. Please share this show far and wide wherever you're watching live or on demand is, you know, in the hereafter. Because it is such a fun time when more and more people... I love meeting all of your friends and family that get in touch with me and say, I've been watching for a couple of months now. Thank you all for doing that. Tonight's another opportunity. I'll see you on the flip side. Don't go anywhere. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! everybody welcome to the show it's quite frankly I'm your host my name is Frank believe it or not 
And it's Wednesday, May 18th, 2022, 7.11 p.m. We have about, I don't know, we have a, we have a, a, few, a few minutes. I'm going to call up Chris Ann probably around 7.20, 7.25. And I'm moving along in nice pace tonight because, because I have to get to this one story at least. It's just hilarious. So we were talking about the, the um, Joe Biden team. I, I I even feel funny calling it the Biden White House. Technically, they all go to work at the White House every day. But the Biden team, the ventriloquists that they have over there, you know they announced a couple of weeks ago that they were going to form a disinformation council or a board, a, a disinformation governance board. I, I love how uh, vague the the title of the board was there, too. So you never really know if they were going to go combat disinformation or just create disinformation. But then again, you must create disinformation to battle something that you perceive as disinformation. You know, in a, uh, in a world where you, you really valued freedom, you can just imagine how uh, easy it would be for people to think something ridiculously stupid and go out into the world with that information and then realize that reality doesn't match up with what you believe. So then eventually you just realize, oh, I was, I was thinking wrongly the whole time. And if you have a psychopath out there who's going to hear something and go out, they say, well, you know, disinformation can, can hurt people that commit acts of violence. If there's, I mean, come on, then, then where are we seeing that in the world right now? Where are we seeing that in the world? From whom? Anywho, that's all gone to the wayside. The disinformation governance board has been temporary. <laughs> it's been temporarily paused. Earlier in the day, we started getting the word started getting around that it was going to be suspended, and then rumor had it that Nina, Nina the Ninny Jankowitz, I think that's her name, that she had resigned. And then it became more and more official as the day went on. Now, here is a thread that was written by the very weepy Taylor Lorenz, the uh, the girl who keeps doxing everybody, then then cries when when people thinks that thinks that she's just a piece of shit. Here's Taylor Lorenz scoop. Here's the scoop. I've got the scoop. Just three weeks after its announcement, the Disinformation Governance Board is being paused. And the intra-departmental DHS working groups, everything that she just mentioned is illegal. Right from the, 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 the umbrella of DHS down, the working groups focused on disinformation have been suspended. Nina Jankowitz is considering leaving. Here's my full story. Wonderful. Just give us a little bit more, Taylor, because I'm not clicking your damn link. The pause of the newly created Disinfo Governance Board comes as its head. Nina Jankowicz has been the target of vicious, coordinated, right-wing attacks, which government officials have failed to effectively counter. So you're talking disinformation then, right? Well, that's what you're getting at. So they can just keep coming at it's not That's not the scoop. Now, we would be wasting brain power for hours, if not days and weeks, if we are going to start diving into what the Bolsheviks out there consider disinformation and what the need for all this is and what the aim and the history of this way of thinking, that is needless, needless expenditure of brain power. The real scoop here that the weepy Taylor Lorenz with her goofy elf ears 
misses or needs to ignore to be able to bolster her ever-flowing stream of shitty disinformation is that Nina, Nina's bizarre, hyper-political social media behavior was discovered a few weeks ago. And what the world was seeing, namely what Americans were seeing, doesn't bode well for an operation like a disinformation board because she's nuttier than squirrel shit. That's what happens. Now, they don't mind nutty. They actually enjoy, they love that combination of both enthusiasm and murderous intent. They love the murder eyes, and Nina's has that. But if they're going to dupe a larger portion of the public into thinking that this isn't somehow going to serve the greater good, then they need to recruit people from somewhere other than the personal sections of Backpage. You can't do this. They might as well have hired Patty Lapone to be the disinformation czar. So um, that's that. You need to build your ministry of truth on some kind of an emotionless sociopath glowy instead. That is the real moral of the story here. And speaking of those emotionless sociopath glowies, like Jen Psaki, her token replacement is even smoother than she is. All right. The exceptionally diverse, ladies and gentlemen, the exceptionally diverse press secretary, Jean-Pierre. She has announced, well, she came out to announce that the disinformation board would be paused and reevaluated because of mischaracterizations. Mischaracterizations. So Peter Ducey, uh, one of the lone... uh, sane voices in the entire room over there at the uh, at the press the, uh, part of the press corps Peter Ducey rhetorically asks the following question and then listen to this mealy mouth response we're going to pause it and we're going to do an assessment but the work does the work doesn't stop we're still going to continue hold to on a second here we go you think the board was mischaracterized then the disinformation board is being shut down because of disinformation is that what's happening here <laughs> look i mean the the board was put forth for a purpose right to make sure that right it was put forth for a purpose right well, I, I, I guess you always have a, an aim, yeah. We really did, att- uh, really did address what was happening across the country when it came to disinformation. No, you didn't. Nobody did. But once again, like I said, smooth, calm, sociopath murderer. Murderer of joy, murderer of truth. This is who should have been at the board of the disinformation the disinformation, uh, whatever the hell it was, the disinformation factory. This is who should have been the chairman. Why they would put that thespian, that tap-dancing loser, in as a disinformation czar is ridiculous. This is who you needed. This my, this calm, cool, Machiavellian sociopath. It's, okay it's all... Right now, but no, it's, it's just going... It's, it's going to pause. No, no, Pete. No, Peter. Don't no, listen. Uh, uh, calm. Everybody's. It's okay. It's just going to pause. It'll be back. Everything's fine. No, no, no. It's not a. They make. I'll tell you. They always end up hiring somebody who makes you miss the last serpent. How you can miss a serpent lady, like 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 Ginger Goebbels, is beyond me. But they, but they found one. <laughs> they, they, they will always find 
Like like Qui Gon Jinn said in uh, in in uh, in Phantom Menace, there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> That's what I'm just gonna keep saying from now on. There's always a bigger fish. So that's what we have. That's what we have. That's what we do. That's what we say. And I just don't know. I, I hear, well, Here's one last thing. I, I haven't checked out what's going on with the uh, Pennsylvania elections. Apparently, uh, it was, like, really close for Dr. Oz getting in still, despite everything. Uh, who, what do you trust? Seriously, what do you trust out of all this? What do you trust? I don't, I don't trust anything. Like, when I saw Elon Musk came out, today or wherever the hell it was on on Twitter and made some kind of announcement that he's always voted Democrat, though I thought he was a libertarian, Uh, like originally. They were like, yo, he's a a libertarian, though. He's pretty cool. That's before we learned that he got most of his space money from the government. And then uh, and then we (laughs) and then. Uh, he says, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to be voting not Democrat this time, going to some, I don't know, I, th- I guess Republican, whatever the hell that means. And I was like, wow, this is a big thing. It's like, why? Why? Even if he took away 20% of what's left of Democrat voters, uh, the Democrats would just find 20% more votes that they need. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter. I, so this is another reason why we talk to our guests, guests like tonight, returning friends of the show. And that is Chris Ann Hall. She's a constitutional attorney, educator, broadcaster, author. And she specializes in bringing clarity to uh, all things founding documents, the mechanics of traditional American governance, and how and why things were codified. Not how and it's not so much about what crooks how are wi- how how what crooks are willing to do. In, in dis, despite all of that stuff, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what uh, what crooks are willing to do in the face of what they're supposed to be doing. But uh, it's just a matter of do we know how things are supposed to be? That's what we're talking about tonight. As we bring back Chris Ann Hall, Chris Ann, how you feeling? I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, the best thing is that we're on Zoom now, so people are going to be able to see the words come out of your mouth with no delay. <laughs> I'm trying to pull you up on D Live on my phone so I can actually see what's happening. Oh, don't worry. Don't no no no. Don't worry. You're gonna. I have a secondary. Watch watch this. Hold on. Wait. I'm giving you a. No, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm giving you a secondary. There I am. I'm giving you a webcam feed. A very exclusive webcam feed and here we are see now we finally see each other so i got to see what your living room is that your living room no this is the studio i I can give you a full a full uh panoramic of the whole thing but uh that was that was the hookah corner with old glory so (laughs) that's awesome so you have your own studio like a whole room that's your studio oh absolutely i didn't tell you what uh, the floor plan of this place no. Okay. Well, we have a facility. This is actually our second facility that we built. The first we moved out of our first one in 2015, and we came here. I have a uh, this pretty well. I think it's a 400 square foot broadcast room that we built, and then we have uh, we have one other office. We have a green room, and then we have all the audio, the music production rooms where Anthony does all of his music for 10 second songs, and our band records and practices. So we have an entire broadcast and production facility here. You got to come see it wow you, I, you, you're like a professional man i you know we've been faking it till we made it and uh, <laughs> we're, we're getting somewhere i'm just going to keep faking it though <laughs> but we have a we have a bedroom that's a studio 
in my law office. Oh, that's the one. So that when you walk in, you, you don't see, but there's curtains on all the walls. And then we have a station for Christian, who's our producer. He's sitting over there. And then all the studio lights. And this is actually behind me is an 80-inch um, television monitor. Oh, wait, did you do? Is that is that just what is displayed on the television, or are you green screening? No, that's what's displayed on the television. Sweet. So, is the television in front of what was once the brick background, or is the brick background projected? I remember you were doing things. No, in front of- the bl- the brick background was a was just a a cloth that we bought that had bricks printed on it. Oh, it looked pretty good. I, I yeah, thought it was yeah. actually it's, a, it's like a, it's just a background. You can buy. There's like hundreds of different kinds of backgrounds you can buy. But when I started doing Victory News regularly, I'm a I'm a contributor on Victory News every week now, twice a week. Uh, I do this news program called Victory News, and they wanted us to have the Victory News logo behind us. And in order to get the right screenshot, we have had to have an 80-inch screen to do that. So now we just use the 80-inch screen for everything. Wow. Well, hey, it looks good, and you, you never stop working. So I'm sure that people really, if they uh, if they stick with you long enough, they see the progress. And I think that goes a long way when people see that there's effort being put into the production oh, value yeah. of something, for sure. But uh, and, and one of the greatest things about you is that we know that we're always going to get a constant stream of good information, not disinformation, not disinformation. What did you think about the the announcement of the disinformation board or governance board or whatever? Obviously, its demise is just ironic and hilarious. But well, how are you covering that? Because I, I I missed it. I have to be honest. You know, it's interesting because I'm actually I'm. One of the other multi-hats that I wear is I'm a professor at River University here in Tampa, and we have a specific college within River University called the River School of Government, and uh, I'm I'm a professor there. I actually used uh, the creation of that disinformation board as a teaching tool because we we as one of the classes that I actually teach is current events and propaganda. So we spend an entire semester analyzing current events and learning about the tools of propaganda. And it's amazing because uh, many years ago, I wrote an article called, uh, I don't remember what it's called, um, how, how the, well, I'm just wasting time now because I can't remember, but it's on my website, christianhall.com, on the Smith Modernization Act, which was, would dumped into the uh, National Defense Authorization Bill of 2012 because we actually got it defeated on its when it was a standalone bill in 2011. And to make this sort of long history short, in 1948, the Smith-Mont Act was passed by Congress to prevent the U.S. government from using tax dollars to create propaganda they knew would be disseminated in the United States. Because, you know, we'd sort of learned from the two times we did it in World War I and World War II. We saw what happened with Goebbels and all of that. So we said, all right, in 1948, we don't want the government to do that to us, so we're going to pass a law that says the government can't do that. Well, in 2011, a Texas Republican by the name of Thornberry sponsored a bill called the Smith Modernization Act, which would later be passed through the NDAA, 
in 2012 that completely uh, undid what the bill did in 1948. So they called it the Modernization Act. So you would think it was all about, you know, updating it for social media and updating it for whatever. But in reality, what they did was they created loopholes the size of the Grand Canyon so the federal government could use our tax dollars to create news wires and to create propaganda that they knew would be disseminated in the United States. And so what, if you look at that, if you know that little kernel of truth and then you watch how much the media just drastically swings uh, to propaganda from 2012 forward, I mean, it's to the point where you're like, right? Mm. You, you realize that in 2012 when that bill was passed, that what really happened was the federal government was starting to take our tax dollars and create their own news wires and pay the media sponsorships and give the media these news wires to run the news. It, it's incredible there too, because really, what I called it, because we've covered we've covered this Smith Munt Modernization Act quite a quite a bit oh, yeah. o- over the years, and what I call it, especially like when we heard about the announcement of Space Force being uh, announced, I said these are pretty much just coming out parties. They're putting it yeah. all on the books, and here's a, this. The, it actually goes hand in hand with what what I always end up talking about um, around the time that you come onto the show. Um, when you come on and we talk about traditional American governance, how we, how the framers intended, you know, the, 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 from the, the, the debates to everything, how everything was intended, how and why things were codified, the mechanics of it all, the conversations that you and I have, and I always tell people this, they are completely separate from your understanding that I know if you if you and and JC are are reading books like you know the, the killing of uncle sam we know you guys know what time of day it is okay yeah. it, it's the, what we talk about on the show is completely separate from your understanding that we live under the yoke of an international political class that does right. not care about the mechanics of our traditional form of government so when we explain why certain court opinions or executive actions or acts of congress are illegal it probably won't stop the crooks from larping just 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 LARPing their way through whatever scam that they're pushing and their intent on pushing. But the more we understand what's happening in the way that it should be, there's a better chance of the average person dusting off the cobwebs and organizing locally to reject outside influence. That's the only real reason why we do this is to try to re-enrich the soil, not so much trying to prune the tree, you know? Absolutely. And I know we were going to talk about this sort of at the end, but we can front load it, too. I mean, this is the most I have never been more encouraged for the future of America than I am right now. In the midst of people constantly saying things like it's all over, America's lost, there's nothing we can do, I can sit here and tell you, Frank, there has never been something more farther from the truth than than the idea that America's lost and there's no saving her. We are closer now to the point of actually doing something to save America than we've been in, in over 100 years. And what's, what's really encouraging is just like you said, I mean, think about this. 12 years ago, Frank, 
We're their people having conversations about the federal government being out of control and the the uh, I mean, not just conversation. I mean, like podcasts and and the the ubiquitous discussion about these issues about uh, unconstitutional authority in the federal government, about unconstitutional executive agencies, about how the governors in the state state and local governments are the real source of power in america that americans are not powerless we are not slaves to the voting machine we are actually uh the government we are not uh spectators of government we are not consumers of government we are the government and all we have to do is get educated activated in that education and really start working and there are there are such powerful, peaceful means by which we can successfully restore liberty in America. 12 years ago, was there a documentary called Noncompliant that's gone viral across America, although the crickets with, you know, the political uh, establishment and and the media but I can tell you, I have the, the broadcast data on the documentary non-compliant it is uh, it is more viral than any other conservative if you want to put it under that thing that documenting that's ever been put out it's not even in america it's all across the world and so just think about 12 years ago were people even having these discussions and that's why i am more convinced and more encouraged now than i have ever been it, well, I, that's the biggest reason why I'm so happy to have you on all the time, because you are someone who spends a lot of time uh, getting out there. I mean, we, we do whatever we can to, to, to be visible, to talk about issues, to take calls from people, to just we, – it's easy now with this um, – in the digital age to – to converse with people from all over the place to get their insights of how life is where they are. But you, you go out and you meet people in their communities. You see progress that's significant that may go unnoticed to the rest of us in the 40,000 foot view. So that's why I like having all of these, um, have these updates and, and these little boosts to morale shots of the arm whenever you come on. Um, and, and that's a uh, that's very important. That's very important because it could be real. It can be real uh, mentally debilitating to oh, go yeah. to go through the media cycles in the way that oh, yeah. they're. De- you want to talk about disinformation and, and propaganda, and, and as I was saying before, um, what is on the books and understanding how the world is. You said Smith Munt Act, nineteen forty-eight. Well, Operation Mockingbird is 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 established yeah. in the 50s, yeah. you know, it's, and, and they, you, you think they stopped that? No. And then when you, the other thing that you brought up with, from 2012 with the NDAA, once again, another example of just how not only illegal, but evil it is, these big spending yeah. bills where yeah. you can see if things, if bills were, were uh, being debated and voted on one by one as they are intended to do, there'd be no way that government would be as out of control as it is right now. They have right. just, they have twisted people's arms and they've hidden the worst poison pills into these gigantic pork barrel horrible bills. I don't know how the hell, the, how did that precedent start? The continuing well, resolutions. You know, what it really is, is it started uh, in the 1900s with the, with the ratification of, of the 16th Amendment and the abolition of the truly constitutionally established means by which 
uh, federal expenses were to be met. Uh, it, it's really interesting to to look at those who who drafted, who actually ratified the Constitution, on how federal expenses were supposed to be met. And prior to the Sixteenth Amendment, uh, James Madison sort of alludes to this in Federalist Forty Five that the federal expenses were were to be paid almost entirely through foreign commerce. So any treaty that we do with a foreign country, there'd be taxes, tariffs, imposts, that sort of thing on the foreign commerce. And any any income from that foreign commerce would then fund the federal expenses. And then anything that could not be funded through foreign commerce would then be uh, what we call apportioned to the states. And what that meant was that each state, that's part of the purpose of the census, by the way, was to, to determine the population of each state, and by population would determine the percentage of the federal expenses that that state would have to pay. Now, remember, this is an episode from way back that we covered, but the states created the federal government, and the power that the federal government exercised is actually partial, is a power delegated from the states. So when the federal government would give the, the bill to the states and say, okay, this is what we need money for, the states, through the apportionment, would have the authority to say, um, we didn't delegate this power to you, not paying that, we're not paying that, we're not paying that, okay, we're paying that, we're paying that, paying that. And we would only pay for the, the um, funding of the things that were actually exercised consistent with that delegated power. So for example, the federal government gives a bill for the Department of Education, for the EPA, for the ATF. Under apportionment, the states would be like, wait a minute, we didn't delegate to you power uh, over education, over the environment, or even we told you not even to have anything to do with our guns. So we're not funding those agencies. You have to dissolve them. So, so, and so, so apportionment established an incredibly powerful check and balance uh, from, by the states on the federal government. But because we don't, we have failed to teach these principles for 170 years. Uh, the American people were duped into eliminating that check and balance through the 16th Amendment. I didn't know that. So apportionment actually acted in a way as a sort of uh, line item veto for the states. Absolutely. That was exactly what it was designed to do. Oh, so the they power get... of the purse resting in the states to control the role, the growth of government. Wow. So the state of Rhode Island can say, uh, no, thank you. Uh, we're not we're not sending anything for the education. We're not sending right. anything for the ATF, but we will send uh, we will send so and so for the post office. Right. OK. Right. Oh, th that, that makes uh, I've never I, that's something I learned tonight. I'm glad that I still have so much to learn. Um, so then let's talk about that because you mentioned something that was very, uh, that's very key to what the framers thought would be the, the, the lifeblood of a very limited and finite general government. And that was uh, any kind of money or funding that came through tariffs and uh, anything that, any kind of income that resulted from treaties. Now we have this treaty 
As you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you want to talk about propaganda. You actually wrote something here on ChrisAnnHall.com, Biden's Propaganda Panic. And it's about the WHO treaty that everybody's, right. uh, we, we've done a couple of episodes on this here too. <laughs> uh, just to, just to make it a little bit of a, just to put this in a nutshell for people, on May 22nd, there is going to be a, a summit pretty much. And what it all comes down to is everybody is very worried that there is going to be, once again, a delegation or some sort of a delegation of duties that should only be retained by sovereign states to an an international governing body in the particular case of global response to future pandemics and all that. So people are saying it's very, very scary. Obviously, on the face of it, as I said, it is scary because you know what these people are LARPing us toward. They want this to happen. Happen. But um, as far as as far as uh, treaties go, I want to ask you a question. First, I'm going to read uh, a a, a, um, a little clause here from Article Six, and it's a portion on, on treaties. It goes like this. You you know it, of course. This Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof, and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States, shall be the supreme law of the land, and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby, and the thi- and uh, anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary notwithstanding. Now, I was emailed this uh, uh, specific section by someone who is also very concerned about what is going to be taking place on May 22nd with the WHO. And um, they were pretty confused as to why it seems in this in this clause here, the framers had written into the Constitution a method by which the Constitution could be, as they saw it, voided by making treaties the supreme law of the land. Can you explain the conditions under which a treaty does and does not have authority? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the the person who asked you this question is, is just simply missing the, the grammar within that statement. And so, I, you know, I don't have the, I don't have Article 6, Clause 2 in front of me, but I think I can pull a lot of it from my memory. So what you have to understand is that there are three distinct clauses in there. It is called the Supremacy Clause not because it makes the federal government supreme, but because it establishes that the Constitution is supreme. So clause number one reads, this Constitution shall be the supreme law of the land. That's clause number one. Clause number two is the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof shall be the supreme law of the land. So only laws, only regulations, only acts of the federal government which are made consistent to the Constitution can be the supreme law of the land. If they are not consistent with the Constitution, then they are not the supreme law of the land. Now it says, and treaties which have been made or will be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land. That phrase, under the authority of the United States, is reflective back to the Constitution because the authority of the United States is derived from the Constitution. So what the founders are actually saying is only treaties that are consistent with the Constitution shall be the supreme law of the land. If the treaties are not consistent with the Constitution, then they are not under the authority of the United States, and then they are not 
the supreme law of the land. Now, Frank, in that, in that Article 6, Clause 2 also lies the solution to this, because number one, this WHO thing is not a treaty, okay? It has never been ratified by two-thirds of the Senate, which Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2 requires. So in order for a treaty to be valid, number one, it must be ratified by two-thirds of the Senate under Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2, and it must be consistent with the Constitution under Article 6, Clause 2. So even if the Senate ratifies a treaty, if that treaty is not consistent with the Constitution, it is not a valid treaty. So if it's not ratified by two-thirds of the Senate, it's invalid. If it is not ratified, if it is not consistent with the Constitution, like it treaties something that the federal government's not authorized to do on their own, that's what Jefferson said, uh, then it's not valid. Um, also, uh, you have to understand that second part of that clause says, and the judges of the states shall be bound thereby. You see that, right? Uh, yes. Reading that there? Yes. Okay, so the Constitution, the states are bound to it because it's the supreme law of the land. Laws of the, uh, of the United States made consistent with the Constitution, the states are bound thereby, right? Mm -hmm. Treaties, which are made according to the authority of the United States, consistent with the Constitution, the states are bound thereby. But there's a little grammar trick that we can do here that doesn't change the correctness of the statement. It just gives you an insight on the limit of the statement. So if a law is not made consistent with the Constitution, it is not the supreme law of the land, and the states are not bound thereby. If a treaty is made, has been made, notice it talks past tense, right? Mm -hmm. Has been made or will be made that is not consistent with the Constitution. It is not the supreme law of the land, and the states shall not be bound thereby. The solution is this, because I know all the politicians, all the pundits are like, write your congressman, write your congressman. That is not the solution to the who problem, because I'll just tell you right now, your congressman's not going to do jack about this. That whole propaganda is to get you to manipulate you to stop focusing on your state and local government and be focused on the federal government so when your Congress doesn't do anything, you feel defeated, you feel discouraged, you want to throw in the towel, and you're like, screw this, America's lost, right? Well, that's on purpose because if you actually understand the bound thereby statement of the states, you know, number one, this who thing is not a treaty. Number two, it is not authorized by the Constitution. Therefore, the state and local governments are not bound to it. And the greatest and most ultimate power to defeat this whole thing is for the people to write to their governors, to write to their state legislators, to write to their sheriffs. 
and tell them to send a clear and decisive message that this state, this county will not abide by this. The WHO has no authority in our state. We will not allow the federal government to impose this on our state. We are denying its authority. That's the solution. It is efficient. It is possible. It is probable through the through the unified voice of the people. It is guaranteed to be successful when the people move together. You can't control Washington, D.C. like that. It's so simple. It, and it I, is. I think that's what always always uh, shocks me, but also comforts me when we talk about these and we uh, and we go through this whenever a, a big topic comes up that we need a little bit of uh, refocusing on, especially when when you're on the show. It's so it's also very comforting and calming. Now it doesn't take away the fact that despite the ease. Uh, in, in approaching this as far as what we need to do and, and really what kind of authority is being wielded and what is just imaginary, the fact is that there's some really dangerous people who are wielding and pursuing that imaginary authority. That's I think that's what really just uh, freaks people out, especially when it comes to uh, the, the way that health care is administered, the, right. way, the way that an, an entire planet was, sh- was shut down for, for two years. I mean, th- that still freaks people out. Yeah, but you see, Frank, what we have to admit from the last two years is that all happened at the state and local level. And where, and not by demand of the federal government. And as a matter of fact, Biden came and said, we're going to mandate this. And then they backtracked and said, no, we're going to leave it to the states because they knew that the states were the decisive power in this. And you can also see in the states where the people uh, organize together and have a really uh, powerful, organized, unified voice, they were able to speak their governments down and get these bans lifted. Not only that, Frank, I can tell you in states California, New Mexico, uh, Arizona, New York, all the liberal-leaning states that were on heavy lockdown, Mm -hmm. I know by personal information, by personal fact, that within those states were counties where sheriffs wrote to the governor and said, you will not be shutting down my county. And that's the value of the sheriff. So we have to understand that in our state and local governments, we have a power not just to expect our our state and local governments to defend our rights and our constitutions, but to demand it. And what we've been missing over the years is is, is a demand. And I think the lack of demand can be traced directly to a lack of understanding of what our state constitutions say, what our U.S. constitutions say, and what it is that we as a people have a power to do. And what's the problem is, Frank, is that people see so much of the opposite in the media. They don't really understand how frequently this happened. Mm. There would be, might be a tendency for people to say, well, that didn't happen very often, and that was few and far between. That's not true. I mean, you know me, Frank. I've, I've got a direct ear to, to places 
all over the country, within the states, within the towns. It happened in more places than people might even imagine. And so what we have to do is we have to really get discerning to turn off that that media chatter that we hear all the time and talk to the people themselves. And I'm telling you from personal experience, there were multiple counties in every single state that refused to shut down regardless of what the state governor did. And I wanted to address something back to the who, because there's some some chatter. Since I started, I did an, a podcast on this, Frank, last week. And then I published the article uh, that you showed on the screen uh, as well. We have people sharing this all over the place. It is making shockwaves in this panic narrative to the point that they're now talking at me in their speeches and trying to undermine what it is that the truth that I'm, you know, the simplicity of the explanation that I'm giving you. And here's what they're saying. Oh, but, and this is, do you know Pat Toomey? Uh, yes. Oh, I, I, well, I know, I know uh, his name and I know he's in yeah. Congress, but that's, that's it. Yeah. So Pat Toomey is a Republican who professes to be a conservative, but more so professes to be a constitutionalist, which he is not, okay? And he gives this speech about how the, you know, what I just told you about, you know, Article 2, Clause 2, Section 2, and the treaties and the Senate and all of that. But then he says, but the president has the ability to make unilateral deals. And the president has made a deal where the Senate does not have to conform. <laughs> and so where you lose these people is when they start talking extra constitutional and they start saying, well, he can make deals. The answer to that response is, okay, Mr. Toomey, show me article section and clause in the Constitution that allows President Biden to make unilateral deals and to circumvent the two-thirds requirement of the Constitution. Because unless it's actually in the Constitution, then it fails the Article 6 Clause 2 test, and it's invalid, right? Because Congress cannot constitutionally pass a law to give the president more power than the Constitution gives. And so what we have to do as a people is we have to really train our brains to talk back to these people with the simple response, show me in the Constitution that the, the cause that justifies this activity you say is okay. Because if it's not in the Constitution, it's just simply not valid. The president can't sign a document to undo the check and balance of the two-thirds of the Senate? My goodness. Do you know what that does, Frank? That means we don't have a president. That means we have a king. Well, what's the difference between a treaty and an and accord? Is there any difference? Uh, because that's what, what that's what the whole climate thing was about. There, That was no act of Congress, but everybody was talking about it as if it was some sort of a written in stone, which of course goes away the second one of their people is out of office. So what is, what's the difference between a treaty and an accord? And if it has no, if it has no, um, uh, you know, there's, there's no compulsion to follow along with it, then what the hell's it, it even useful for? So the treaty is what we said is something that is consistent with the constitution and is ratified by two-thirds of the Senate. That is the only definition of a treaty. And, a, and then 
in that definition of the treaty under Article 6, Clause 2, then the states are bound by it, right? As long as it's consistent with the Constitution, as long as it's um, uh, ratified by two-thirds of the Senate, then the states are required by contract of the Constitution to follow it. An accord is not a treaty. It has no binding. It falls under that section that the states are not bound by it. So it really is just a bunch of political showmanship. It's it it and then has no binding on the states. By the way, it's why the states were like Florida and South Dakota were able to say, you know, we're not imposing these these CDC guidelines. We're not imposing what the WHO wants us to do because the states were not bound by it. The failure happens when the people of the states allow their states to choose. So an accord is a political thing in which the states may choose to go along with it. And what has to happen is the people of the states must be involved, must be uh, controlling their states so their states don't choose to follow them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that that makes sense because obviously there there was nothing. Um, I, I know that there was no vote. There was no involvement with the Senate inside the accord. So once again, it just it, we live in this this. Uh, it's almost like shadow puppetry, and it's oh, yeah. ju- it's constant shadow puppetry where it, it it just carries this this aura of legitimacy, and they hope that a multiple multiple generations of uneducated Americans just go right. along with the pomp and circumstance of of government and you know the gold fringed flags and all of the ceremonies and they just think everything they do is legitimate and there is a clause and a and for everything but obviously I, there isn't there's just a tradition of bad habits absolutely ignorance and bad habits it's interesting i love saying this quote that that samuel adams said he said no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved he said on the contrary when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. And so it really does show us how essential and vital it is that the American people are educated on the proper role of government and the proper division of power, the proper limit of power. And you hit the nail on the head there, Frank, because the government's just sitting back and and reaping over 150 years of propaganda education that's deliberately dumbed the American people into accepting a government that is simply illegitimate, is completely post-constitutional. And what we need to do, and this is why I am encouraged, right? This is why I am encouraged, because we're having these discussions. Can you imagine if we'd been teaching this, just our conversation today, if we'd been teaching this K through 12, how different America would be. But we actually have that happening, right? Because you have parents who are watching this. You have parents who are teaching their children what they're learning on your show. I have parents who are using our curriculum at Liberty First Society, hundreds hundreds of parents using our curriculum on Liberty First Society to teach their children what's right. And one way or another, uh, we will get back to a constitutionally established, a liberty-minded government. History proves that to be true. The only question remains is this, Frank. Will we do it now 
when we don't have to actually fight physically for it? Will we actually make the sacrifice of time, resources, and, and get the education and get activated now so that we can peacefully, powerfully return to our children the gift that we were supposed to give them? Or will we sit back and be naysayers and contrarians and keyboard warriors and, and defeatists and nothing works and nothing happens and nothing, you know, we can't do anything and let's just quit? Because when we have that kind of attitude, what we will guarantee is this, that our children, my son, your daughter, Frank, will have to fight for their lives for a gift that we could have given them with a little bit of effort today. Hmm. It's true. It really is. And, um, you know, and back to that curriculum there, too, I, I, and back to that and, and my daughter, uh, I'm, we're going to be definitely using the Liberty First curriculum for Aurora. That's number one. And I will send her to whatever college you are teaching at. She, she can dorm in your garage. Because then I'll know I'll, I'll know she's locked in in your garage every night and she's safe, and so that's what's going to happen. But yeah, I, that yeah, that one hundred percent. I I'm so on board with that, and then and I'm I'm feeling nice and energetic and feeling good right now. And another thing I want to yes. tell you before <laughs> before we take off is uh, when you come back in June, I want you I want to remind you that June now on this show is Badass Month. And every every night in the in the uh, the month of June, every broadcast night, we highlight a different badass from history. They could be American. They can be for any from all eras. They don't have to be just all war. It can be explorers, whatever. You had a wonderful badass last year. Uh, it's in it's in my uh, my blog. I, I logged it all down. I want to just let you know from now, you are going to be assigned with be with presenting the badass from history that evening. Uh, Sweet. So, all right. We'll figure out a night that you're coming on, but you will be delivering the badass that night. I will, most definitely. <laughs> so, so chrisannhall.com. What else you have going on? Tell her, remind everybody about your broadcast uh, schedule and anything else that they need to know to keep up with uh, the halls. Well, I just got permanently deleted from YouTube today. What? Yes. They they took down all my content and told me I could not have a channel anymore because I'm just too bad of a girl. How am I still on? I, I I'm just gonna shut up. I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on here. I don't. Like, they put me in YouTube jail until July, and while I've been in jail, they've been going over my content two years old. And and now they just said you you have you have too much uh content that violates our community standards okay of pulling your whole channel that's it, that's so, it that's it then i would ne see it was a long it's been a long time now chris ann that i have taken off anything anything because yeah. when i st when they started going for for things that were um that were over a year and a half old i knew that it was only a matter of time i wiped out my own channel so yeah. every couple of yeah. months i wipe my own channel out so maybe that's just what it is some people just yeah. don't care um but damn. Well, we're such a teach show, and what I what our shows are so so they have such lo such such long shelf life because everything is about teaching principle. You know, I I didn't want to compromise the teaching we could do through that. So we're still on Rumble, we're on D Live, we're on Twitch. Yes, D Live people, we're on D Live, um, and we're on Twitch, Rumble, uh, D Live, and I'm still on Facebook actually. I gotta get you. I gotta get Spotify, you on. I gotta get you on Foxhole. Music. 
I have to get you on Foxhole. I have to hook you up with the uh, with the team over there on Foxhole. Um, yeah, I think we tried before, but we were having a hard time integrating that with the broadcast system that we have. But we have Christian now, uh, who's producing, and and they could pro- Christian could probably work with them to to get that happening. It, yeah, it's pretty simple. I, I've been able to do so, and I don't know what. Well, we can talk off air with what kind of. I can talk to Christian about what what uh, software you're running and stuff, and yeah. and who knows. But you know, it's just it's just another platform. Just just suggesting. Yeah. But Chris Ann, it's always a, it's always a, a great great honor having you on. Please send my love to JC and the whole family. And um, and what else? I look forward to being here, Frank. You know, every once in a while, I tap I, I I tap you in a message, and I'm like. Dude, why has it been so long since we've chatted? So. I know. Well, you know what happened? I I got I had two weeks out of April deleted because I got the flu, so oh. it was it, I, it, that just completely stiffened up the entire month. So I, I just I I knew that was so it's been weird that you haven't been on since March, I think. Yeah. And here yeah. we are, and uh, we're two weeks away from June, but I can't wait no. to have you back. Can't wait to have you back. Well, give that baby a kiss for me, and we'll we'll try to get there as soon as we can. We'll do. I'll send you some. I'll send you some videos of the baby too, so you guys can Yay! see how how she's running around and babbling. She's amazing. But uh, thank you so much. We all love all you right. very much. God bless, guys. Thanks. Take care, ladies and gentlemen. That was Chris Ann Hall. ChrisAnnHall.com. It's eight oh three p.m. and the night is moseying. You know, I should have asked her. If the number six and the number three had a baby, what would the baby be and why? What's the reasoning? I see we have 13 responses now. So people are, uh, are, are filling that up. I can't wait to get to those. Let's go on a break. When we come back, get to your Super Chats. And, oh, that's right. That's right. The giveaway. If you send a Super Chat tonight over on the Tip of Stream, where is it? I'm going to put the Tip of Stream link in the chat room though it should be in the description in the top of the uh of the uh of the episode in rumble right now it should be in the description at the top of the episode in uh youtube i'll drop it all over the place it only takes a dollar it only takes a dollar to get in on it i see uh so i mean that's that's just what it is but remember you can't put five in there and it's going to increase your chances fivefold it's just what it's just one. I just want to make it as as fair as possible for those people out there who don't have a lot of money and just want to be part of something fun. But then again, if you want to put multiple super chats because you have thoughts you want to share, that's something altogether uh, different. So, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I already see a whole bunch of people having a fun one with this, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Intermission is very brief and necessary. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Ah, 
entering. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that it is Wednesday, so that means when we conclude here for the live 7 o'clock show, as I anchor this network, the only uh, the only original live show that we have on the network, I anchor it. <laughs> but don't worry, we'll expand that one day, and soon, hopefully. It is Rabbit Hole Wednesday, if I remember, if I remember correctly. That is what, that is what uh, Abe and the boys at the network end of things have, have dubbed Wednesday nights Rabbit Hole Wednesday. So I'm sure that they have some mind-bending, but also funny, light, easy things to fill up the rest of your Wednesday evening. I cannot wait to jump into the chat room and see how everybody's enjoying themselves. That's one of my favorite things to do after a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday evening. Until, of course, we are on a full five-day-a-week after hours and into the night. Talk about that some of the time. So just remember, after the show, quitefrankly.tv. We'll see you there. Okay, let's get into some... Some Super Chats. Oh, the first one is from Ted. And Ted says, Frank, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news of the thug from Detroit who beat up the 80-year-old man half to death in a nursing home? He had the charges dropped. Yes. Yes. Um, I was not going to bring this up, to be honest, because I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to just piss people off because we were doing a lot of very emotional stories this this week, and... I wasn't going to, whatever. I, I saw it published on some WXYZ.com or something. It's local Detroit news. It wasn't going to get national attention, so it had to be smuggled out of Detroit, and now it's getting around social media because that's the only way that something like this gets out. But I wasn't going to bring it up. Didn't want to stress people out. But since you brought it up, might as well. I mean, I didn't, first of all, I didn't know that this kid, his name is Jaden something. I didn't know that he was placed inside of the nursing home as part of the 2020 Democrat governor COVID euthanasia program. I did not know that. I thought that this monster animal worked at the nursing home because we know that there are some really bad people that work around the elderly and in hospitals. 
I mean, that's that's way before 2020. I mean, everybody has horror stories. Everybody has horror stories, either firsthand or secondhand, about the way that some people just are are demonic around those who are weak and uh, and infirmed and and can't fight back. Horrible. So uh, you might have remember you might remember these uh, the, the footage of this 22 year old black kid. I forget what the hell, but he was just. He filmed himself just punching this 75-year-old man repeatedly. Just made, bloodied him up and all that. I thought he worked there. Filmed himself beating this, this, uh, his roommate mercilessly. And a judge ruled that this kid, Jaden something, was not of sound enough mind to stand, tri- uh, stand trial. So he'll, he'll, be, he'll be finger painting somewhere. They're going to put him in a finger painting class somewhere, and he'll be supplied with a barrel of pills and a lifetime worth of excuses uh, when he should be in a fucking cage, to put it mildly. And if you notice in that story, the WXYZ story, it's a full page. It's based completely on the animal's father, who is being given a full page to explain how it's not the animal's fault. It's not his son's fault. It's the system that failed. Well, if the system you mean is Gretchen Whitmer failing, then I guess, yeah, you can, you can put a little bit of blame on her lap. She thought that Jaden, she thought that the son was just going to sneeze on the old man and give him a flu that he wouldn't bounce back from. Didn't expect him to beat him into a life-ending depression because that's what happened. He didn't die from the beating, but he died two months later. He was, uh, he was in a depression after that, the old man. And he refused to stop eating, and he was probably already demoralized from all the COVID, from all the COVID isolation. Imagine that living 75 years, the honor of living 75 years to, to 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 end all that, becoming a punching bag for the scum of the earth. See, this is why I didn't want to bring it up. We were we were up here with Chris Ann. Now I just brought us down to a two. Damn you, Ted. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get back in here. Genuine Patriots is a great show tonight, Frank. Thank you, Genuine Patriot. I still wear your your clothing proudly. Mama BB says, Frank, thank you. This is long overdue. Thank you for giving us uh, giving us a place to know that we are not alone. Thank you for your humor. Thank you for being such a loving dad and husband to inspire us all. You rock. Have a great night. Peace. Mama, Mama BB, long overdue. You know what? I love when people say, Frank, this is long overdue because it's the first time usually I'm able to actually focus in on someone who's just been lurking and has been enjoying themselves, obviously, but has not been seen. So I am so happy that you j- showed up here, Mama. Not only because I I really appreciate the support, but I'm I'm happy to f- focus my attention on new elements of the audience that I haven't been able to do. So um, thank you, thank you, and keep in touch. You can email me anytime. Quite frankly, podcast at gmail dot com. Shake and Bake says, "Shit, I almost missed the drumstick entry. I wanted to chime in on the gun talk on Monday." But you weren't feeling well. In short, I am in the camp that see all gun laws are uh, that that sees all gun laws as illegal, and an armed society is a polite one. Love you, Lord Francis. I'm with you. 
I'm with you on that. An arm society is a polite one. Jesse Woke says, love it when you and Chris Ann are on together. I love when Chris Ann is on. It was, it was very odd not having her on in the month of April. But now she's back. Stostube, always a great informative listen with Chris Ann Hall. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Christos. Give my love to Sarah. Sunshine Girls back. Thank you for bringing on Chris Ann Hall. She was great. Doc Keck, a person's choice to remain unvaccinated and forego regular testing is non-economical activity. Non-economic activity equals NFIB versus Sibelius. Oh, so that is, oh, that's from NFIB versus Sibelius. Oh, is equal. That's an equal sign. Yeah. Sorry, my eyes are going. One night, I don't know what it is, uh, either I learn really quickly how to put eye con- uh, the, the, the contact lenses in, or one night I'm going to come in one night and say, ladies and gentlemen, I have to do this and put on a pair of spectacles and I'm going to feel like a real asshole. Because it's going to be necessary soon. This left eye is not good. It's getting worse. And I, I'm happy I got this far. 37 years without my eyes really going because everybody in my family has multiple multiple um, glasses and prescriptions for one thing or another and my brother has been wearing glasses for over 15 years now but um, I'm, I'm, I do not think I'm going to look good with glasses so I got to get the the contact lenses figured out because I don't think I'm going to look good with glasses on Nope, I don't think so. Let's see what else we have. To mandate a person to receive a vaccine, Doc Keck continue, continues, to, uh, to receive a vaccine or undergo testing fa- falls under the state's po- uh, police power. Zucht versus King. No federal authority. Let's see here. Six and three. Bean Zimp says my answer of six and three had a baby would be two, which is the logical result of six and three. Binary base. Zero one one and one one zero equals zero one zero, i.e. two. Hmm. Nightwish forever. And best wishes. Wow. That, see, this is why I wanted to ask about this, because that's interesting right there. My answer, I, I'm going to have to put that into the thread, the official thread, just so that people know. What the hell? I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, so I just put that, I put that into the thread myself, just so I can keep all these answers compiled. That's an interesting one. Show me the drumstick, says t Cross. Oh, here it is. It's a Vic Firth. It's a Thickworth 5B American Classic Hickory. Is it Hickory? Yep. That's nice and shred, just nice and shredded for you. There you go. T Cross, uh, one way mail. Hey Frank, cheers to tonight's show. Thank you so much. Degenerate Dan, if I win the stick, I'm gonna be a rich biatch. Oh, like I said, you can put any of these items on eBay and get at least. 0.5% of what you spent back. 
<laughs> do people still use eBay? I th I'm pretty sure they do. That used to be a lot of fun when it came out. Buying baseball cards and... I don't know why I did that. I guess just to win something. It was fun. It was a lot of fun winning something. Larkstar, if I win Lord Frankly, I bequeath my winning to the fabulous Nikki of QuiteFrankly.tv. Wow. Well, then you just let us know in the email if you win. Karina, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Todd Fife, thank you so much, Todd. Todd is usually hanging out over there on the, on the Rockfin. Shotzi says thank you. And there you have it. Thank you. Kobe Wan says the Tumble app is available on Amazon Fire TV and Fire Sticks as well as Roku. That's from yesterday. Kobe Wan is not involved in tonight because it's not the right date. So we will get back to this in just a second. Thank you to everybody on Rockfin for hanging out. We have a tip there, and it is from Shots. He says, hey, Frank, can you give me a shout-out? Give a shout-out to my daughter, Jenna. Today's her 30th birthday. Jenna, happy birthday. 30's a big one. You're saying goodbye to the twos, but I'll tell you, 30s so far, as I am seven years into it, they were my favorite decade. This was my favorite decade so far. My 20s were pretty great, too. I'm going to endeavor to make my 40s and 50s as uh, a good. That I, I, you know, I, I think that they, it only makes sense that they should get better, right? But you're going to have a great time, Jenna. Happy birthday to you, 30 years old. All right, on Rock uh, on Rumble, selling the farms is Chris Ann Hall. Awesome, I love quite frankly's. So there you go. Thank you, selling the farm and unpilled real quick. West of the West. Good evening, Swickly. Says I think it might be alien invasion time soon. Me, yeah, I I think so as well. There's a lot of UFO talk on the hill. I'd like to get around to that because it's been interesting to see to see the, what's been said, what's not been said. Maybe tomorrow we can do a small segment with Rob, if he's still interested in that. C. Blanche says, cheers. Swickly says, I kind of miss Ginger Goebbels. It, it, it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad. To think, to think of, of the years that I, I wanted to upchuck listening to Jay Carney. Remember Jay Carney? Jay Carney and Josh Ernest? Oh. My God! You th just when you thought it couldn't have gotten worse and and smarmier, it gets worser and it gets smarmierier. A Millery flow says hi, Frank. Always great when you have the smart and beautiful Chris Ann Hall on a great show tonight. Delona fifty five says, do you see the vid of the porch pirate? that got flashbanged and pooped his pants. What? No. Somebody was, st was, somebody was stealing um, Amazon packages or something? And they, they sh how do you know they shit their pants? I saw the video on Crowder while at work and almost lost it while working reception desk. If somebody on uh, Discord, can somebody on Discord, great. Great. Dwayne on Discord just just wanted to just showed everybody what I would look like with glasses on. No, this is going to be a wonderful look for me. I actually really appreciate that they're projecting this. There you go. Hold on. There I am. That's me tonight with glasses on. I know I look fantastic. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll sit here and I'll just go blind. 
than ever subject myself to that. I will just go blind. Okay, so uh, if somebody can put the link into the Discord chat of the person crapping their pants after stealing a package on a, po a front porch, that would be great. So, <laughs> I will just go blind. I'm not wearing those glasses. What was that? Thick-rimmed John Lennon glasses. No way. Stostube, thank you so much for the ship over there. Spreading around his generosity, as they always do. Those, those, the, the Stube family. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. All right, we'll get back around to that. Remember, we're not going to be announcing the winner tonight because there's a lot. I have to do a lot of writing. And then, thankfully, this is all electronically logged so I can go back and I can find uh, email IDs and all that other stuff. Okay, back to where we were. I have something else. Here's a nice, here's a nice message from Michael B. in California. Good morning, Frank. This is Mike from California, the guy that broke his back and did nothing but listen to your podcast and Dark to Light as I was laying there in the hospital. You'll be, I, you may not remember this, ladies and gentlemen, but he wrote in many, many months ago. Um, he said, uh, you'll be happy to know that my doctor says my back is completely fused and healed. I no longer have a broken back. I get a little sentimental and count my blessings on my birthday, so I was thinking about how much your show meant to me. Seriously, you mean a lot to a lot of people, and you're so appreciated. I've got my sister Susan listening to you religiously, and for my birthday, I got a, quite frankly, mug in the mail. A treasure. I also pray a lot that, um, pray a lot, Frank, and I will keep you and your family in my prayers always. Keep up the good work. Um, thank you. That's wonderful. I wanted to put that out there because I remember a lot of people sent prayers to Michael for his healing. And that must have taken a lot of patience and a lot of prayer. To be laid up like that and to, to be in such a delicate uh, condition. So I just, I wanted to, a lot, I get a lot of emails like this that I just keep to myself. Um, and I think it's more appropriate. But with this, I, I just want to... I wanted to put that out there with people to let you know just how real the lives are of all those numbers you see, all the views and those, um, the comments, the people behind the screen names and the email addresses, the real lives out there and real journeys. So thank you. I also got a lot of email last night after the show about Grace. Uh, I spoke with Lauren when I left the when I leave the studio I, the first person I usually call is Lauren and um, And we just talk a little bit and sometimes we talk even littler than that And I just ask hey you you want anything from the diner you want like a milkshake or something she goes no But you enjoy okay. All right. I'll see you home in a little bit. That's it But like last night we were talking about um, our amazing grace.net and grace and Scott Shara and and the story that we heard last night and, you know, she obviously expressed how emotional she was through the entire thing. And um, and it, it just it just leaves you with something. We discussed it in the car ride home. Oh, a car ride away from the studio last night. Some ideas what we can do. I think we... It's a simple idea, but I think it would be nice. And next week, 
next Monday, I, I should announce something that we're going to do nice for the, the foundation. And we would love to involve you all. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that on Monday. But didn't want to leave last night just the, just the show because it was so moving and at the same time so angering. And you just want to do something good and you want to put all of your emotion to something that you feel is constructive and will help people down the line. So um, I, I wanted to just say that that's forthcoming because I got so much email from people who were just emotional and thankful about the whole thing, expressing their anger uh, about the what was done to Grace and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in different conditions. People who were not able to advocate for themselves, who were were, were put into a coma. It, it's just um, terrible. And medical horror stories, straight up, uh, everything came in last night in the emails. And I, I appreciate you all for sending those in. It's 827, though. When we come back, I am going to, I'm going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we'll take some calls. Take some calls, keep sifting through these these super chats, and also get into the number. Very important question. If the number six and the number three had a baby, what would it be? And maybe I'll even thumb through some Marcus Aurelius over here. Give us some calm, stoic, phil- philosophical wisdom to end the night. All right? Well, with that being said, don't go anywhere. Stay relaxed. All right, ladies and gentlemen. QFTV. Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after Quite Frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. For years, Hillary Rodham Clinton has told people that she was named for the first man to climb Mount Everest, Sir Edmund Hillary. But as Esquire magazine recently pointed out, Sir Edmund did not climb Mount Everest until 1953, six years after Hillary was born. However, the First Lady does have a good explanation for the discrepancy. She loves to lie. Hey, hey Garth. Hey, Milton. Hey, Milton. How's it going, man? Awesome party! Good tunes, good brew, good buddies. I feel great, man. I feel great! I don't know, man. I hate my father. I hate my life. But I feel great, man. You guys are great. I'm gonna go pick a fight. He's gotten a lot better, don't you think? Way better.
Ryan. So, it's Planet Caravan time, although I can't play it for more than a couple of seconds. I probably already got uh, banned from YouTube. Can't play any Pantera. None of it. None of it. All right, let's get into a really important question of the night. There's so many things going on in the world, but this needs to take precedent right now. The question was if the number six and the number three had a baby, what would that baby be? Okay. Photograph remote just simply said nine. Six and three. So, okay. Add it together. So you went the addition. I know people who've done that. I know people who who said uh, three. You did the subtraction. You get a little bit of both. I I when I was asked this by Lauren, I said four and a half. I don't know. I just split the difference. Said four and a half. Um, other people started pasting six and three together. Sixty three. Thirty six. I don't know. Then then this is incredible here. Shake and Bake said, what was this? Shake and Bake says, Lord Francis should read this in his queer Valley Girl voice for maximum effect. Oh, okay. So we're going to get into genders here. Um, Why are you assuming that there are six and three? Only a bigot would assume a number is a number. They might look like a six and a three, but you can't assume what they are just because they are a six and a three. Six could be, could want to identify as a nine X plus the square root pi. And three could inde- instead identify as four. Okay, we get it. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of horrible. Th- I mean, this, <laughs> this is a uh, edit. I, I had a nine where there should have been a three. So there you go. This this particular situation took a little bit more of a contemporary, a contemporary view of the problem. Six and three and their offspring. The contemporary problem, of course, is the, the galaxy brain problem on the left, that there is no such thing as anything. There is nothing. There is nothing. There is just today, and whatever you feel right now, that is all there is. Don't look into it. Don't look deeper into it. It's just now, it's now. No, you're too limiting, too, too li- limit, limits, limits are no good. Traditional limits are traditional. I don't know where this voice came from. Ronan Dosho says 33 and one third. 33 and a third. I don't know where. Well. Don't, I would love to get an explanation on that. Here's Tashanka. Tashanka says four. That's another one. We got four. Individuals, individuals are not the sum of their heredity, but rather should be considered the products of all of their ancestors. I agree with that. That's why I went four and a half, and that was just off the top of my head. But it seems like Tashanka, it seems like Tashanka has himself a um, a formula. The best approximation for their genomes would be the factorial of each number. Six, read, uh, six factorial, that's six with the, the exclamation point, equals six times five times four times three times two times one. You remember that? That equals 720. 
and 3 factorial, 3 times 2 times 1 equals 6. If we assume that each number contributes to the union with haploid gametes, 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 G-A-M-E-T-E-S, I haven't used that in my life, so I'm sorry for butchering it, then 6 contributes... 720 divided by 2 equals 360, 360, and 3 contributes 3. The resulting diploid offspring's genome would therefore be 363, because that would be 360 plus 3. As with the parent numbers, the offspring number will be product of its ancestors. Applying a similar operation, but in reverse, we arrive at... Oh, now they're using all the parentheses. PEMDAS. I remember PEMDAS. 363 plus 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5, but I think it's all... Okay. But it doesn't... Don't the parentheses also mean multiplication? Either way, it comes out to 3.025. And since there is no such thing as a partial person... And since offspring are endowed with a little something-something from God, the offspring must be rounded up to four. I don't know. I think people would say you would round down from 3.025. But again, you couldn't do that because then the, the union of three and six would have just been three, and that seems like what? That seems like asexual reproduction there. So I don't know if you're rounding up. I don't know about that. What do you think? Is is that legit to round up? You usually round up when you have when the decimal uh, is when the the uh, the fraction is five and above. No, and you round down otherwise. That's what I remember. Since there's no such thing as a partial perfect, the offspring must be rounded up to four, unless the parents were Democrats, in which the offspring would be unidentified or undefined. <laughs> Thank you, Tashanka. This is great. Experiment 229 says, Starving because there is no baby food and neither of those numbers have correct equipment to feed a baby. Or go forth and multiply, so 18. Oh, there you go. Go forth and multiply. A little bit of biblical um, instruction. So 3 times 6 or 6 times 3. Mrs. Dr. C says, The planet Earth... Do you even math, Frank? That's Casey Kakalaki. Uh, she provided us with uh, uh, several bags of really, really tasty coffee. I, I'm, I'm partial, of course, all of these years to uh, Nordic, but I have had some great coffee outside of Nordic, of course, and I don't think Christian would be very upset in me saying that. And Casey also has very nice coffee. So get in touch with her on um, on Discord and ask her about it. Doc, Doc Pengloss says a baby is orally delivered. A baby that is orally delivered. Six plus three? Why? What does that mean? That is orally delivered? Triplets is the only answer that scientifically adds up. Says Trailblazing RN. Blue Ridge Commentary says eight. This font doesn't do it justice. Think of block numbers on a scoreboard. Six and nine get together. Every line is included, so you end up with eight. 
What? Six and nine get... I need to... I need to have that... Uh, a Blue Ridge, I'm gonna have to... I need to have that, like, visualized. I'm not seeing it right now. Uh, 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 Nikki Salis says the baby would be German and its name would be Nine. Senator of Swords says 63. There you go, 63. Using the classic Punnett square, we all learned in biology to determine dominant genealogy. You have a square divided into four quadrants. We'll pretend six is the dominant gene and three is the recessive. If you cross multiply, every single square comes out to 63. However, if three is the dominant gene and six is recessive, the answer would be 36. So the answer is either 63 or 36. I tend to lean towards 63 though, as six is by definition dominant over three. It is true. It is the larger number. Wow. This was, uh, th th this is exactly why I love doing this. This is good talk radio. Let's take some calls. 914-595-6953. You call in, you let me know what you think. And, um, and I'll keep monitoring this and the Super Chats. It's a fantastic, fantastic show so far. Let's take a caller from the Discord, and that caller is Doc Keck. Doc, welcome back to the show, man. What's on your mind tonight? Let's go, Frank. Let's go, man. I love me some Chris Ann Hall. Yes. She is amazing. Amazing. So, so what did you take? What was your, what was your, what did you take from that the best? Was it just the inspiration? Was it the breakdown of one thing or another? What did you love the best? All of the above, my brother. I love me some Chris and hold right down to my heart, brother. No, seriously, like um, the, the fact that I don't know we're we're, we're kind of turning a corner, you know, and we're really I, I, I don't know starting to collectivize. Like I don't know, uh, Cliff, Cliff High says uh, self-organizing collective, right? And we've been so individuated and separate for so long, and now we're finally getting the opportunity to really come together. And it's amazing what children of God who are powerful in and of themselves can do when they come together my brother mm. and that's that's really really what i got um from chris ann hall you know if if the constitution is supposed to um define our relationship with the creator right and properly delineate where our relationship in the creator fall within government then I, I, I really think that that will be um, what this country needs because mm. without it, we have no morality. If we have no morality, there is no society. They're just individuals living a subjective, you know, subjectively defined reality, which really goes into this whole gender affirming thing and trans thing. They're trapping individuals in their own brain before they can really evolve into full complete human beings that can logically and scientifically delineate an objective reality and their relationship within it you know so. i i think what you're bringing up from a from a different a couple of different perspectives a couple of different angles i should say is the uh, a situation of compartmentalization finally being broken apart how 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 the mind how on an individual level they like to compartmentalize people's minds and and they break their logic
and especially when you get down to gender confusion and everything else that is just instilled in people in such young impressionable ages but also just the compartmentalization of of educating people over over 150 years as as Chris Ann Hall said so that we don't know that we really are empowered the most effectively by individual action in communities and knowing exactly what is what is in our hands and in in and what is uh, potential for us to grasp and really um, act on, it just one situation after another relates to that whole idea of compartmentalization, which is a, a way to secure, to secure information and to secure an operation from being totally known by, its, uh, by the subordinates of those who have hatched the operation. Uh, that compartmentaliz- compartmentalization being dissolved in some way or falling apart, flaking apart, people at least seeing the walls of the cubicle uh, 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 shedding in some way, it's, it's really exciting to see that no matter how much crap we've got to wade through along the way, it is exciting to be having these conversations in large and significant numbers. Absolutely. And, and we have a duty within a constitutional government as individuals, specifically as lesser magistrates. Someone has a website called the Doctrine of Lesser Magistrates, and we all as individuals are empowered as sovereigns within a constitutional government to do what it is that we do, we need to do, and especially to hold our government accountable. There's one um, differentiating factor that I have with Chris Ann, because I'm a little bit more aggressive in the way that I, I move about it, or have already moved about it, uh, in, in that, you know, her, her sense of organization, she really does seem as, you know, uh, trying to get a collective and move on move on the legislative side on the organizational but i will say that a single individual can cause the executive branch to perform a ministerial duty that they are required to um, perform by law so an individual can literally one single individual can literally seize the power that statute provides them um, and force the executive to follow the law by court order. It's called a writ of mandamus. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because it is available. And if you have someone who, you know, we should, uh, you know, maybe the next, maybe when she comes on, uh, that'll be like a bonus. Uh, send me an email on that, uh, just real quick, so I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't forget it. Because maybe when she comes back on in, in June, I can, I can pose that to her as a bonus question. Because I remember we brought this up. This was one of the things that people were, were, uh, when it was starting to look more and more likely that the the election, what was done on uh, November of 2020, was going to take hold, and there were less and less things to to hope for to to reverse the damage, you know, right there and then. That was one of the things that was popping up. Uh, written mandamus, the, that that's what's going to be enacted. You know, that's before everybody was just like, "Come on, send yep. send in the Marines." So, yep. l- and specifically, and specifically on the election side, that's actually a writ of quo warranto. Is quo warranto, quo warranto. Yeah, that's right. Quo, quo warranto. Warranto. Yep. That's right. That that was popping up on the election side, but uh, writ of mandamus. I, I would love for you to to send that over because, especially on. Uh, local individualized situations I'd, I'd like to see how that plays out and and what she says yes sir all right man well thanks for the call absolutely many blessings well wonderful wonderful call i just dropped him into the international line so if there's anybody there that needs any help 
on an international level. Doc will be there for you. All right, I got a little bit of clarity on the scoreboard situation. If six and three were able to have a baby, it would look like it would be eight. Six is one and three is one. The baby is one. So six and three are mashed together on a scoreboard and you would get eight. It's true. This is incredible. All the variations are incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's true. That's uh, that's great. Thank you, Big Red, for clarifying that in the Discord. <laughs> so, um, w which theory predominates? I don't know. We've gotten as technical as you can, and we've gotten as smash mouth as you can with this. Um, yes. Let's take another uh, another call or two. 914-595-6953. It's 847. 847. Uh, let me get into the, gra into the grab bag or into the, into the super chats because they're flowing in. This is a very, very exciting night. Cody says, I'm not on Reddit because I was banned for being one of those supreme, uh, those supremacists. But the child would have to be nine, since according to Tesla, the key to the universe is three, six, nine. Shit. Oh. Now, see, how, how can you go against that? You're bringing Tesla into this. Okay, I'm going to have to copy this and paste it into the thread as well. And, and by the way, with Reddit and, and banning, I'll tell you, I understand. Uh, I don't go anywhere on Reddit, uh, and I do not comment anywhere because I'm I'm on there to maintain a subreddit for as long as we can, and we have nearly ten thousand members members there now. It's it, it's a wonderful thing. From ten thousand people, we can source amazing conversations and create amazing original shows, and that's really what this is all about. So that's a that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Uh, to be on a, a place like Reddit because they have good infrastructure for a forum like this. And uh, and when I find things outside of the, quite frankly, subreddit that I think will be useful for the show, I just send it to myself. And I comment on it on the show. I don't make any comments on that platform. Just like I don't comment on anybody's Instagram posts anymore. Because everything gets you flagged for some reason. If you if you upvote certain certain posts on Reddit... You will be like you'll you'll be banned from one subreddit or another because you interacted with a post that was deemed too controversial. So I understand what people's hangups are. Still, it's one of those wasted miracle things. I think Aaron Schwartz would be very, very sad at what Reddit has become, and we know who got to him. But um, it has done wonderful things, and it's still very, very smooth platform. And if you just stay there. If you love the show and you want to contribute to the show, it's the best thing to do. But as a self-preservation thing, I, I don't comment on anything either because I've been flagged on several subreddits. I'm like, to hell with this. Last thing I need to do is have this entire community nuked before it's time because everything has its time. All right. Thank you, Cody. Jesse James says, I had Chris Ann on my, uh, on my Sunday show. 
I'll be listening to yours tomorrow. I'm sure it was excellent. That's wonderful. I'm glad that you got uh, uh, you got Chris Ann booked, Jesse. I think Jesse's show is called Dangerous Dangerous Info. Dangerous information. Forget. I forget. But he's. I I know that he's been uh, building that up in the background. Happy when people do things like that. All the best to Jesse James. Lenny Kinney says, not being a math genius, I say that the union of six and three would be nine. One love or half of each, four and a half. That's what I went to. My mind just went to four and a half. Mark Swan says, if I wish, if I win, um, I would too like you to send it to Nikki. I always promised her that I would give her Frank's wood. Okay. Okay, there you go. So Nikki is getting Nikki is going to be getting wood from two contestants if they win. Ultra Frankly says great show tonight, very educational and a great way to light the fire of liberty. Absolutely. Yes. Um let's see here. Kobe Wan says the hell I ain't involved. Oh, here he is. There he is. Captain Castiron says hello. Just putting his name into the hat, I'm sure. Americana Patriona, hi Frank, love Chris Ann, thanks for having her on. I live in one of those California counties with those sheriffs told the governor where to stick his lockdown and uh, muzzle rules. We also use Chris Ann's curriculum in our homeschooling plan. It's excellent. Thank you. That's I'm happy that you were able to uh, attest to that, although I would not expect any kind of a uh, homeschooling curriculum that Chris Ann and JC put together to be anything less than stellar, but I cannot wait to get Aurora started on that. I mean, Aurora, she's going to do very well with it. She will. The things that she says at one and a half is ridiculous. This is going to be one hell of a ride. I'll tell you what's going to be one hell of a ride, though. I'm just, she runs so willfully into social situations with other children. We, me and Lauren took a break today and walked up to the park and, and uh, he just let her walk through the park and the closer we got to the playground, she saw children, she saw balls being thrown and all that stuff and she just ran. And she's skipping and having a good time and when she sees like little girls and boys hurt, her uh, her her size she just the first thing she does is she just runs right up to them and wants to give them all hugs and you know and and most of them are like they're little f- fucking weirdos it's like you know <laughs> and so i'm saying to myself oh no she's too pure for this world so I'm, uh, I, I just, cause I remember getting rejected on, on playgrounds from, you know, if I just wanted to go and I see, see a kid or whatever, I just want, I wanted to inject myself into something that people are playing and make new friends. And sometimes you just get rejected. And those first couple of rejections are really, they suck. And then you got to learn. It's all right. And you shake it off. And of course I'm going to be strong for her when, you know, those, those stinging social situations happens but of course on the inside i'll be bawling my eyes out she won't see that nobody will on the inside i'll be i'll be i'll be crying a river how dare they do this to my daughter all she wants to do is be your friend 
So uh, that's what I'm preparing myself for. The homeschooling is going to be a cinch. Okay, let's see. Drunk Surfer says, thanks for the excellent content. Thank you, Drunk. Uh, Mama Time Lord Duckworth says, thank you always. I love Chris Ann. So encouraging. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a wonderful night, and I appreciate your your time with me. Um, I took a couple of calls. Did I take more than one call? Uh, not many came in. I think that the... Um, the Skype is all screwy again. Anyway, it's 8.55. So let me read one thing from Marcus Aurelius. Shall we? Why not? Oh, I know this passage. It's from Book 5 of Meditations. Something for you to think about in the morning, tomorrow morning. Marcus Aurelius, at dawn... When you have trouble getting out of bed, tell yourself, I have to go to work as a human being. What do I have to complain of if I'm not going to do what I'm born for, the things I was brought into this world to do? Or is this what I was created for, to huddle under my blankets and stay warm? Some of you are saying yes. But it's nicer here, he continues. So, were you born to feel nice? Instead of doing things and experiencing them, don't you see the plants, the birds, the ants, the spiders, the bees going about their individual tasks, putting the world in order as best they can, and you're not willing to do your job as a human being? Why aren't you running to do what your nature demands? But we have to sleep sometime. Agreed. But nature set a limit on that, as it did on eating and drinking, and you're over the limit. You've had more than enough time to do that, but not of working. There you're still below your quota. You don't love yourself enough or you'd love your nature too and what it demands of you. People who love what they are do wear themselves out doing it and even forget to wash or eat. Do you have less respect for your own nature than the engraver does for engraving, for the dancer for dance, the miser for money, or the social climber for status? When they're really possessed by what they do, they'd rather stop eating and sleeping than give up practicing their arts. Is helping others less valuable to you or not worth the effort? Incredible. Good stuff. Um, I, I resonate with that. That resonates with me. Finding something you love and letting... Then uh, just jumping into it. Jumping into its arms. Lauren <laughs> Lauren just texted me. She said, How dare they? Talking about the, the uh the other children. <laughs> How dare they? Every child on that playground should have been running to Aurora going, Hi, welcome to the playground. You wanna play with me? And then she'd go, Yes. Cause that's what she'll she's she'll she'll go, Yes. And, uh, and and then everybody would be happier ever after. But no. No. Little blonde girl doesn't know how to react. Well, that's your fucking mother's fault! <laughs> Shit. Okay, I'm out of here. It's the mom's fault. I'm leaving. Good night, everybody. This has been a wonderful show. Thank you for all of the wonderful interactions. I'm going to get that. Even if I didn't read... I know there's a lot of super chats coming in. If I did not get down to all of your your super chats it does not matter if they come in 
if they come in before the end of May 16th, and that's the timestamp on it, I will get um, I will get your name into the hat for tomorrow for the giveaway of Frank's relics. Okay, and I have we have another gig on on June 1st. So if I break something, uh, you know, a stick, not not a leg, I'll give you my leg. I'll send home whatever the hell they could chop off. No, God forbid. Um, but we'll do that tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Chris Ann Hall. Go to chrisannhall.com and, uh, and, and yeah, and go to Discord and talk to uh, Casey Kakalaki about her coffee. Good stuff there. All right. If that's all, I'll see you tomorrow. Thursday, Rob will be in. We'll be hanging out. And it'll be a mixed bag of, uh, of stuff. So I'll see you then. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let me just make sure I didn't miss anything elsewhere. Uh, B Triangle. Sean Joe. Delona. Swickly. Uh, C Blanche. Wonderful people on Foxhole. I'll be over there in a flash, ladies and gentlemen. Wednesday night. Rabbit Hole is about to begin. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film of our live studio audience, and now our super chatters. Starting with Cody, Jesse James, Lenny Kinney, Mark Swan, Ultra Frankly, Kobe Wan, Captain Castiron, American Americana Patriana, Drunk Surfer, Mama Time Lord. Genuine Patriot, Mama BB, Shake and Bake, Jesse Woke, and Stostube, not to be outdone by Sunshine Girl, Doc Keck, Bean Shimp, T Cross, One Way Mel, Degenerate Dan, Larkstar, Karina, Todd Fife, Shotzi, and probably more later on. Thank you guys and gals so much. Go to quitefrankly.tv and enjoy the night's programming. Go to the Sponsor Us section and see how you can become a, uh, night, a monthly sponsor to the show. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Good night. Do not come. Do not come.